Welcome to the Level Up Podcast, brought to you by Century 21, the Harrelson Group, featuring masterminds with real estate leaders, coaches, and influencers, plus eye-opening strategy sessions with up-and-coming agents. You'll learn exactly how to go from agent to entrepreneur. And now, let's get to the latest episode of Level Up. Hey, everybody. Thanks again for uh, tuning in to the Level Up podcast. We have got a great guest from the Century 21 family with us today, Rob D'Amico. And Rob is a general manager of uh, Century 21 Northeast, which, which serves four states, obviously, in the Northeast. They've got right now 40 different locations and about 800 uh, different agents within those locations. So without uh, further ado, let me welcome Rob D'Amico to the show. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. I'm excited to be here. And please, no 800 offices. I'm not ready for that yet. <laughs> I was getting ready to say, Rob's probably getting ready to hang up if you, uh, if you just gave him another 700-plus uh, offices. Yeah, I got a lot of work to do then, guys. I got to go. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, why don't you go ahead, uh, Rob, and just kind of bring us up to speed, bring the listeners who don't know you um, into your world and, and kind of give us an idea of how you started out and, and um, how you ended up uh, where, you are, where you are right now. Sure. So I'm currently the general manager for Century 21 Northeast. Uh, it's my cousin, Jim D'Amico, who uh, started our company back in 1994. Um, I joined Jim in early 2000 and basically uh, went to work. I started at 18 years old in the business, uh, fell in love with the industry. And uh, I think one of the big things here is we don't compete. I love running the business. I don't want to be out there selling homes. I think that takes away from what our agents do. So I spent the last 19 years with Jim helping to build uh, Century 21 Northeast up to 40 locations as of today uh, with over 800 agents. And, you know, two of our big principles here, I think, is we're a family-run company. That's a big difference uh, between us and all the other big companies in the market. Um, and the other thing is we're a company that focuses on working by referral. So we really, you know, focus on the agents. We're very agent-centric focus on helping them grow their business and uh, help them make more money in the industry. Awesome. Yeah, that's good. Hey, I got a question. You know, you mentioned family run business and yeah. you know, it's just one of those things that, that um, I, we don't hear that much anymore. Like you, you don't hear that term much anymore. Or at least I haven't heard it for, for quite no. a few years. Um, but I can relate to it because I did come into the business um, you know, when I was in my mid, early to mid twenties, my dad was already in the business. We started Century 21 in 1999 together. And my mom was an assistant and I hope she doesn't hear this recording because she was really our boss, but yeah. my dad and I called her assistant. But even if, if she, if she wanted something, she got it. So she really was our boss. Um, of course. So I can kind of relate to it. It touches me in, in, in a way. So Rob, what, but, what do you think the family-owned business, that whole mindset, what, what do you think the difference between, say, a family-run business like you would describe and maybe, you know, the way most businesses are ran these days? I just think it'd be interesting to just kind of have that little dialogue for a moment. Yeah, sure. That's a great question. And, um, you know, I agree. I think you don't hear the word family much, you know, anymore. It's, you know, it's really become big corporations out in the world today. Um, I think you look at a lot of local businesses. I mean, you know, being in the business from 99, I'm sure you remember the days of the mom and pop shops, no brand, you know, it was that local family oriented business, same thing, opening up with your mom and your dad and opening up a business. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, for us has really made a big difference because it's the way you get involved with your team. 
you know, by having that family leadership at the top and seeing that approach, um, I think it's really built a very different culture from a lot of other companies that run under a, you know, corporate style structure. Um, with us, we've got a lot of family involved in our business now. Um, you know, my cousins, my, my wife actually, um, I hope she doesn't see this, but she's actually kind of the boss of us. Uh, my wife runs our closing administration team. So, um, you know, it's the ability to reach out and pick up and talk to someone at that senior level. Um, I think that's been one of the greatest things for us because it really helps because, you know, whether you're out there selling homes or you're running a real estate business, no matter what you do, it's all about relationship in this business. And I think by having that family factor to our company has really been a focus for us in growing relationships, creating retention because of that relationship. I think when you have that corporate office style structure, you don't gain as much of that relationship versus that family structure where people feel like they're part of your family. And I think it creates a lot of positive values. Is it difficult to grow? Sure. You know, um, but I think it's been one of the greatest things we could have done for our company because it's really helped us with the relationships out in the field with the agents and it's created long-term you know, retention within our company where we have agents that have been with us for longer than I've been here. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really what it, you know, one of the greatest factors. I think the other side of it, like I said, is the relationship, the relationship they built with my wife, myself, Jim, you know, my, you know, the rest of our family that's involved in the business. I, I kind of always make the joke that, you know, D'Amico's are everywhere. We're kind of like the good plague, you know, we're everywhere, but it's a good thing, you know? So I think that's really been something that's allowed us to grow to the level we have and maintain those relationships and really, you know, create a smooth running business. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, you know, because I think in, in a family owned business or family run business really has nothing to do with the fact that you're, you, you have a family that's owning and running the business. It really has more to do with what it sounds like to me from your perspective. It has more to do with how you relate to those people that work within your business. Um, yeah. that they're, that you're just one of them and they're just one of you, um, that type of thing, you know, versus here's the hierarchy, even though hierarchy exists, um, and, and it must, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's yeah. probably in everybody's face. We're not wearing, you know, I'm above you and this person's above this person. We're all just going to sit down at the family table here and have some lunch. Yep. And I always say titles really for us, titles, you know, aren't important. It's the fact, as long as we give you the service, I don't care what you call me, you know, as long as we can help you and, you know, focus on the people. That's what it's all about for us. It's not about titles. It's not about positions here. It's just making sure our agents are, you know, a hundred percent happy. We have that rule out there. If you're not a hundred percent happy, you pick up the phone, you call myself or Jim and we're going to address it. You know, we're going to tell you, you know, if it's something we can do, great. If it's not something we can do, we're going to reason with you. We're going to tell you why we can't do it, but we're also going to give you alternatives instead of just saying no. And that's that, you know, it's, we have a hierarchy. I completely agree with that. You have to have it to run a successful business, you know, but to have that support and not have that brick wall between, you know, your management team and then your upper level management to not have that brick wall to be able to approach them and get the answer you want, because it's a fast moving business, you know, real estate agents, they need responses quick, you know? So we want them to have the ability to get the answer from whoever it may be. Yeah. You know, Brendan, this is kind of what makes it, this whole conversation, you know, interesting as well as the results that they're getting pretty extraordinary because um, I think one of the things we can talk about today is scaling, mm -hmm. you know, scaling a business, but you know, scaling a business I think is hard enough in itself, but when you're going to scale 
of business and maintain relationships at the same time. Now, I imagine that's one of the reasons, Rob, you're able to scale, but it's also got to be one of the most difficult things to scale. You know? Sure. Yeah, and I think that was one of the, you know, scaling, you know, is definitely a you know good topic to talk about because, you know, I think that was probably one of the most difficult parts when you're building, especially in the real estate industry, mm-hmm. because as you're bringing in production, as you guys know, we're not seeing that production for, you know, maybe six to eight to 12 months, but you still need the support there. You need the staff. So it's a very difficult business to try to find out where those levels are at as far as, you know, the scaling of within your organization, because mm-hmm. it's difficult to find out when do I add that person? Because, you know, it's, it's a business that, you know, profit margins are very thin. You got to be cautious because, you know, at the same time, our big thing is, is we don't want to take away any value we're giving the agent. So, you know, we go and can open an office, you know, we have to be smart about our approach. And I think that's one of the things that we've learned over the years is to make sure that, you know, the opportunities we take on from acquisitions and recruiting and all that is something that we can handle. And it's something that's going to allow us to grow our staff as opposed to having a startup that's going to take us two years to fill, but you don't have the staff to support it until you get people, you know, in there producing. And I think that's one of probably the most difficult parts of running our company is, to know when that level is when you need to bring in the support. And I think it's something we've been very coherent about because, you know, support is to me, one of the most important factors that you can offer an agent. You know, you have plenty of companies out there where you, you aren't getting the support. You're on your own. We don't want that because I think, you know, again, it all comes back to making sure our people are happy and when they don't have that support, whether you're paying them 110% or not, you know, support's a big part of the game. And I think that's something that a lot of companies, you know, aren't able to do because of high splits and we're smart. We're able to offer great compensation, but at the same time, coming up with that skill and that level of time frame to figure out when to add that support and bring it in has been something we've really um, put a focus on and have had to work hard and, you know, make sure that we support our agents on a regular basis and bringing in that support as needed. Yeah. You know, the, the, the cost of, of getting ahead of the game in the area of support is probably a lot less than the cost of falling behind in the area of support. Yeah. You know, yep. so so kudos to you on that. But it does take some initial effort, some energy, and some dollars to get ahead of it. But it's a great investment because once you get behind it, it's too hard to catch up. So, what are your thoughts on on scaling, Brendan? With questions that you have for him. Yeah, I wrote down. I mean, I I love what you guys have done. It's it's pretty incredible the, that period of time. And I'm assuming, are you just distance between the offices? What's to help me give some um, give some uh, clarity to this? What's your your furthest distance between your two farthest offices? Because that's a pretty um, metro area, right? Yeah, probably about 300 miles. Okay, so yeah, you are spread out. So this is one of the things that, and that actually really makes me wonder corporate mentality and scaling is the opposite of what you said with a family run type business, but clearly you've gotten something that has worked. And so what, what do you think are the, what are the one or two things? What's the, the secret to being able to do that and still maintain the value in the service that you're given to your agents? Because what you give to your agents is what they give to the clients. And so, you know, it's working, but, maybe some some insight into what one of the two things are since uh, since you've been growing that quick sure so 
you know, I think the first thing to look at is really the support we have around us, because with that type of distance, you have to have good people in the right spot to help you grow your company, because that message, you know, can't be something that's delivered by, you know, just us, you know, by one person, because, you know, the, the distance is just too much. So, you know, I think our support staff has been a big key part of it. And, you know, when we look at the support staff, I think, you know, kind of looking at scaling again, you know, one of the difficult parts is also finding people that fit your culture, you know, finding the right people that fit into your environment that can deliver the message like you want delivered, uh, because it's typically we go out, it's positive, it's 100% positive. So I think finding the right people and having the support around you. Uh, I think one of the things that we did that really was a struggle at the beginning, but really helped us get to this point is we kind of did it all. You know, we really got involved. We'd work 80 hours a week and there was really three or four of us that were running a complete company when we're probably around 15 to 20 offices, really three or four of us really taking on the bulk of the workload, you know, and then as we started to get to a point where the area started to really expand, that was when we had to find, you know, people who fit the right culture that fit our culture yeah. to go out and deliver our message along with us though, you know, using, you know, Great things like we're on right now, Zoom webinars to really get out there. And I do a lot of meetings with agents. You know, one of the big questions I get is, how do you service? You really can't take the calls from 800 agents. I do. You know, I haven't fallen behind yet. Everybody gets, I get back to. I do meetings, you know, and I utilize technology like this a lot. And I think that's helped us, you know, with the technology in today's day and age. I think that's been one of the big things that's allowed us to grow the way we have and support the people by utilizing some of the technology, the CRMs to really control your business. Yeah, so you, you guys yeah. made it, a, you, you took an active role in trying to scale the communication, but also make sure scaling the, the quality of it so it wasn't a, a different message. Correct, and that, that's the toughest part is finding the right people that fit in. And um, you know, now we have a great team in place. Um, I think honestly, you know, in all the 19 years I've been with the company, we have the best team we've ever had as we've grown. Um, you know, people come in and we want them to have the same mentality as us, you know, that you work 24 seven, we enjoy, we have fun with the business. You know, obviously we, you know, got to have some rest and cover for each other, but you know, our dedication is really strong here, not only from our leadership, including myself, Jim and the team under us, but the management team, their dedication, the support of not only us, but our people and our agents has been one of the big reasons that we are successful because without that we've been in positions where we've had management that may not be the right fit culture wise. And you do lose people because mm -hmm. it's not, you know, it's not easy to scale that, you know, type of business and be able to hit, you know, Rhode Island and Maine in one day, it's just not doable. So, you know, I think the biggest thing for us is finding the right people for the right culture in our offices. So let me, let me, change directions just a little bit or kind of veer over to another direction and talk about training. You know, I know you're a, a, a big relationship guy. You mentioned Buffini and he's great for relationship coaching, um, you know, the sphere and, and, and whatnot. Um, but going back to scale. Okay. So, mm -hmm. you know, I'm seeing multiple offices, four different States. Um, of course we have technology. So how are you pushing out, all how are you pushing out coaching and training to all locations and like like what would be an average week like if i'm an agent um what kind of training or coaching opportunities would i have at my uh you know at, at within within you know reach of, of sure. myself if i wanted to tap in because not every agent's going to tap into everything you do but i'm sure that you're offering 
quite a bit, you know, at all times. So what does the training <laughs> schedule, the training calendar and uh, look like for an operation like this? Sure. So, you know, we utilize several different things. We do our own in-house training, you know, which we offer via Zoom webinars. Um, we're doing those typically at least four days a week, um, focusing on, you know, relationship style. And I'll talk more about that in a second, but, you know, more about building business, kind of a jumpstart call on Mondays. Um, we focus a lot heavily on new agent training. Um, so every Tuesday night, we're doing our own in-house new agent training in addition to what we get through Century 21 through the uh, C21 University with programs like Accelerate and Go to List and things like that. Um, you know, we also do a, uh, one of our, you know, most viewed events is uh, we actually do an agent interview series where we kind of hop on a webinar just like this and chat with an agent about a specific topic each week and just pick their brain to let our agents learn more about specific topics from an agent who's an expert in that area and is successful in that area. And then Fridays, we typically do more of a boot camp style on technology to really get agents involved with our technology, but not only showing them how to use it, but how to use it with the customer, um, using tools like Zap and teaching them how to do a buyer's consultation to convert the business. And what we do is we actually record all this information. Uh, we record these webinars and created our own training website internally. So you can actually go online and watch them because I, I don't know about you guys, but most of the TV shows I watch now, I watch on demand. So mm -hmm. I figured why not put our trainings on demand on our own website and, you know, let them view it at their time. You know, and I think, you know, one of our big focuses is we want to be able to service everybody with trainings. And obviously we can't be training 24 hours a day, but by recording these, it gives us the ability to bring in some part-time agents as well that maybe, you know, can't get that support at other companies, but they get it with us. Even if they can't log on live because of their work schedules, they still get the ability to capture those trainings. So that's been a big key for us in getting that training out there. We use a lot of social media, internal emails, obviously, you know, promoting this stuff. But we, we have a private Facebook group that's really helped us increase our training programs because, you know, we're all on social media. So I think, you know, by having that posted through social media, it allows agents to kind of scroll through and really get to see that stuff, you know, on a more consistent basis where emails kind of get, you know, we get a lot of emails and make it missed. So that's helped us, you know, getting those videos on social media after we, you know, record them and posting them out there. So it's really created a good, you know, flow for us on the training side. And then we utilize a lot that Century 21 has to offer. I mean, they've got some great training programs out there. So, you know, our view was why reinvent the wheel if they've got some great stuff out there. Um, we did the trainings ourselves first to see what we thought, and they're great. So, yeah. you know, we do a mix. So now it's really giving us the ability by utilizing what the brand offers in addition to what we offer. To me, we cover, you know, pretty much every topic in the business. And, you know, we're able to offer trainings virtually five days a week and we're able to offer them virtually and then record them and post them afterwards. Yeah. So pretty much uh, every day you've got something going on. Um, yeah. I assume it's not required. So how do you, nope. how do you, how do you, you know, what's interesting and I've taught and um, I've, you know, had these conversations with so many owners and companies like yourself. And one of the complaints is, is it's a, a, they, there's a lack of engagement. Great. You've got all this training. What is your, your, your trick, your methodology for getting engagement with the training that you actually have? Because at the end of the day, somebody's got to opt in and listen to this stuff. Yep. So, you know, we typically average, you know, 20 to 25 possibly per, you know, per event, depending on the event, you know, the Century 21, 21 online trainings are, you know, probably a little bit of a less uh, attendance. 
I think it's difficult. You know, I think that's always going to be a challenge for us because engagement is always difficult. Um, you know, but for us, you know, utilizing the social media is probably one of the, the biggest strengths that we've had in, in creating engagement because they see it and they get interested in it. And, you know, something as simple as using the Facebook um, events page on our private group has really helped us because then they get those reminders when they log into Facebook instead of us blasting out an email that they stop reading. And that's what we found is, you know, if you blast too many emails, they just don't read any of them. So, you know, by having that Facebook group, it's really created a simple system, you know, that's really increased our engagement because it's given them those reminders, but then it's popping up, you know, as an event's happening near you. So I think the social media has been a big key and we're trying to utilize that as much as possible to our strengths. Um, I also think one of the big things for us is the ability to record these trainings via Zoom and post them afterwards. Um, so I look at the attendance in a class, but now what I also watch is, you know, something we never used to have to do. But I watch the views. How many views does this get? Yeah. You know, how much yeah. traffic do we generate to the videos after the, you know, training? And if we're, you know, getting those views and maybe we're getting it out to 100, 150 people, the traction's a lot stronger. You know, yeah. and the goal is, is once they start to see this stuff, hopefully they start to log on live, but at least they're seeing it and they're getting the training because the biggest thing for us is we just don't want people to feel they don't have training. You know, and I think that's one of the things, you know, we deal with as brokers that, you know, agents, if they don't take it, they just think you don't have it, even though they see it in front of them every week. So by getting them engaged through the video afterwards, has really helped us, you know, handle that issue of, you know, getting people the training they need. Yeah, that, that's a great thought. You know, um, they, they can know that it's there, but that doesn't mean, that doesn't necessarily make them feel like they, that it's there. I mean, that's why they can know it's there, but they don't really acknowledge that it's there if they're not consuming it. You know, Correct. one of the things that I did, so I have a membership site like you're talking about where they can log in and we archive everything. And, and I don't know if you've done this, but in our, the way that we built our, our, our site is everything's on YouTube. That's um, the videos, right? But we have them where um, they're private. They can't be watched by the public, but they can be watched by anybody through the membership site or anybody I send a link to. So one of the things that I started doing was going to the individual videos and I would look and see on YouTube how many minutes of that video were watched. So I could take a week or a month and take one video and I could actually see the analytics and say, okay, this one video has been watched uh, 455 minutes. So then it's a little different than the views. It's actually really watched. Then I take the total YouTube channel and I can't remember, but it's thousands of minutes that our YouTube channel will be um, you know, watched on a monthly basis. But I'm looking at that. I'm looking at that and say, because that's number of minutes that this thing has been consumed by my real estate agent. So yes, I don't know if you're doing that, but it might be another thing. Sounds like you like that type of stuff. So you might tell. Yeah, I do. So I love the idea of private. We actually, so I do post them. That's how I post them is YouTube. Um, but I make them public. You know, my view of making them public is because if someone searches a certain topic that maybe we're teaching on, that hopefully it gets, you know, a recruit to see the video, yes. you know, that was yeah. my anticipation yeah. of kind of going um, with the public versus the private. I thought about the private and I went public because we do get some views, I believe from outside of the organization because, you know, agents, you know, I find a lot of times we're recruiting, a lot of agents have already seen, you know, certain trainers, you know, whether it's a Brian Buffini or a Tom Ferry or a Mike Ferry, whatever, they've seen those guys online because they Google those videos or they YouTube yeah. those yeah. videos. 
and they search for specific topics. So maybe they're looking to work on expired listings a little bit more. And my hope is that maybe my video comes up and they see it and maybe say, well, geez, they, they do a lot on expired listings. But, you know, let's reach out and see what they can offer me. So my yeah. goal with going yeah. public was more, you know, from a recruiting standpoint as well. I mean, to me, there's nothing we're doing on these trainings that we have to hide. If I'm talking something company policy or something, that definitely won't be going public. <laughs> but, you know, anything, you know, that's really good content, we'll go public just to try to get the exposure. Same thing with our training calendar. So, you know, we use Eventbrite to um, promote our trainings and kind of keep them organized. And we feed it all into a Google calendar, which syncs with 21 online as well. So we have it all coming in from one area. We use Eventbrite to track, you know, the attendance and things like that. But we actually make those public as well on Eventbrite. And I can say I've actually gotten um, people to come into some of these trainings and log in, whether it's via webinar or some of our live trainings, to come in and just stop by and check it out. And I yeah. had one just last month that showed up. Um, we did a um, town hall meeting style event where we had agents on, you know, a specific topic. We had a board panel of five or six agents. And we actually had two or three people from outside of our company, see it on Eventbrite, join in, and we're able to recruit one of them. So, Great idea. Yeah. I like that. So it sounds like to me, um, you're not only a real estate company, but you're a coaching company. You know, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, you know and, and, um, and that doesn't mean that you know, you're necessarily trying to monetize coaching by collecting $1,000 checks once a month and scheduling 30-minute calls once a week, but you're just taking on like, like I'd imagine if I'm in your company, I wouldn't need an outside coach. Like I wouldn't need to go invest additional monies for uh, third-party coaching because you have it all there. Now, there may still be people that do that, but it sounds sure. like that's just one of the values that you're bringing to the, uh, to the relationship. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I totally agree. I think, you know, we are a coaching company. You know, we're not the type. We, we say it right from day one. We're not micromanagers. You know, I'm not going to stay on top of every agent and say, how many calls did you make this week? Did you do Popeyes? Did you do this? Did you do that? But if they want that, we'll supply it. And to me, yeah. that's what coaching is. It's accountability. You know, so we're glad to offer that accountability to anybody who's interested in it, you know, but we're not going to chase them if they don't want it. So any agent interested in it, our management team and myself will support them 100% and hold those accountability sessions where we can do them. And that's where this technology really plays into our business now because we're able to support agents on a scale of our size because of technology like this where I don't have to hop. I could do a coaching session with a guy in Maine and a guy in Rhode Island two hours later yeah. and you know do it right here. And it, it captures the essence of what we need to capture and it gives them the support that they feel like we're backing them. And I think that's important. You need to make them feel part of the team, part of the family and, you know, offer them the support. And, you know, to me, by offering that support, you know, from a business level, not only does it create great retention and great, you know, business growth, but it also creates the, you know, dialogue out there in, in the, um, you know, co-broke world where they're showing properties and they're talking about how great their company is. So I think the, the better the support and the more you support your agents in business growth, the more they bring to you to the table as well and a whole slew of business, not only from, you know, their own business of listings and buyers and rentals and things like that, but from, you know, recruiting. And I think that, you know, the better you treat your people, the more they want people to come and feel the same experience here. So try to create that culture. That's great. Yeah. What else you got, Brendan? Yeah, one of the things I just want to point out that early early on in that, um, that section that you brought up, that I think is really, it, it hit home with me when you're growing to that size, 
that you guys are leveraging your your own agents. And you know, when you think of 800 agents, 40 locations over four states, that's that's a huge, huge win because you, you think of all the different points that you're hitting. You're showing value to the agents because they're seeing that you care. You're actually using those examples to show the other agents that might be watching within your company, like, okay, they're not that much different than me. And you're putting that stuff out there. And so the, from a recruiting standpoint, people are seeing, man, I don't, I don't see that where I'm at. So I think I, that just really hit me that with, there's so many things that that one piece that you're doing, um, the value that it's creating all across the board, that's the connection. That's the, that's going yeah. from family owned to scale and still maintaining, being able to do both of those. That was one thing that really stood out. So that's, yeah. I think that's pretty great. Yeah, that's a yeah, tremendous was, job. Yeah, and it was tough, you know, but it, as we've grown, you know, really it's, it's been the team around us. I think, you know, a big part of our growth has been our agents here. You know, I think our agents have really, you know, helped us grow our company to a, you know, a level this size by not only supporting us, but supporting the things we've done. And I think that's really been a big reason why we are where we are is because of the support we re receive from our agents. I mean, we've got a great group of agents here, um, you know, and I think that's really been one of the big reasons we've gotten to the level we are is because of the support and um, the dedication we've gotten from them to help us not only, you know, maintain our business, but build our business and grow. Yeah. That, that's that's fantastic. I've got one last question, and then maybe you do too, Brendan, uh, before we wind it down. And I feel like you've almost answered this in, in, without me asking, but I, I still want to ask, when you scale to this size, how do you, and, and we, can ex, we can extend past beyond you and the rest of your family or your leadership team, because obviously this is bigger than you. This is bigger than Jim, right? This is, this is, this is a, it takes a, a whole team to pull off what you're doing. How does your leadership team stay relevant in the eyes of the agents when you've got so many agents in so many locations, like how do you stay relevant in their eyes? So, you know, we've broken our company down. Uh, something we're rolling out now um, that we've been implementing for the last probably six to 12 months is we've really started to focus on regions um, where we've built our company. So it's more localized. Um, by bringing more localized support from, you know, not only from the management, but, you know, from an administration standpoint, bringing more localized service to these areas to really build that culture in that region, you know, and one of my goals to stay focused with them as well is to make sure that I hit that region consistently, you know, on a monthly, every four to six weeks as well, making sure I'm present, letting them, letting them know when I'm there. So I have the ability to, you know, see as many of these people as as many of these people as possible, really getting in front of them, whether it's through a training, you know, what do you guys need more of just one-on-ones. So I think it's really, you know, we've tried to localize it a little bit more, but also make sure that we're present as well on a pretty consistent basis to stay in front of the agents um, regularly as well. So a lot of personal touch. Very personal. Yeah. You know, I think that's really, you know, been our focus here is to make sure we stay personal. So, when agents have an issue, they know they can reach out and ask that question because to me, that's one of the biggest reasons an agent would leave is they just can't get answers. They don't know who to go to. You know, when you look at our company, when you look at our org chart, we actually call our org chart a family tree, you know? Wow. So, I mean, we really embrace, we embrace that concept so people feel it. 
And, you know, it's not only, you know, how you make it look from the, you know, from the stuff you're sending out, but also being present, you know, and I think that's something we're always willing to do, you know, reaching out when an, when an agent's, you know, maybe frustrated or needs some help, you know, a manager will reach out to me and I'll reach out personally. Yeah. And they're always welcome to call me as well. And that's one thing I always promote. My cell number is not private. It's out there as many places you can find it. And, you know, call me if you need something. I mean, we're here for you. We're not micromanagers. We're not going to chase you all day and night. But when you need something, we're here. That's great. That's great. Awesome. I'm going a different direction on this one, Rob. <laughs> okay. All right, cool. I grew up, well, I lived in St. Louis from 1996. Uh -oh. Through 2003. I know where this is going. So, okay. we're going to date this video. Okay. What's your prediction? Game seven, Lord Stanley's Cup. Four to one with an empty netter. Nice. All right. Four to one with an empty netter tonight. Okay. All right. Wow. I've got to, I've got to tune in just to see. Uh, and I got to um, tell you guys, I mean, cheap plug, we're the official real estate company of the Boston Bruins. So we're not taking credit for it, but we kind of are. You know, yeah. our first year with the Bruins is the official real estate company, game seven, a cup. I'm going to take a little bit of credit for that, you know. That's, so that's it could be Century 21. Different. I'd like to be out there to raise the cup, but they won't let us. Yeah. <laughs> Renegotiate next year. Yeah. yeah, now I know what to include. I missed that one this year. Yeah. yeah. Well, great, great job and really, really good information here. I appreciate you um, hopping on. For anybody that wants to kind of check you guys out in terms of if they're, they're local or they're trying to get in the business or they just come across this, what's the best way to get in contact with you? So um, you can visit our website, C21NE, and as in Nancy, E as in Edward.com, um, or you can reach out to me directly. I'm always available. It's uh, Rob D'Amico, 617-293-5235. Like I said, my cell number is the furthest thing from private. For anybody interested, feel free to call me anytime. We're always got uh, people ready to go for you. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. And uh, Greg, best way to get a hold of you? Hey, best way to get a hold of me is uh, going directly to Facebook and hit me up on Facebook Messenger. And uh, just a quick little uh, plug, please, if you guys like this episode or, or, or the podcast in general, you know, please go ahead and give us a review, subscribe. You know, the more reviews we get, the higher we show up in the, uh, the search engines for podcasts. So I would appreciate that. Um, but Facebook Messenger, if I can do anything for anybody. Yep. And same for me. Until the next time on the uh, Level Up podcast, appreciate everybody tuning in. And Rob D'Amico, thank you again for getting on and uh, really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Great stuff, Rob. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. This was fun. Yeah. This was awesome. I appreciate it.